I mean, musicians are historically incredibly resilient. We're kind of stressed and overworked most of the time. So this is just kind of like a new brand of being stressed and being overworked with a couple of twists in there. <laughs> From Jack Nimble, recording in isolation, I'm Amy Wirth, and this is Lock In. In this series, you'll hear how housebound creatives are overcoming the coronavirus with their kick-ass creativity. Today, we're looking at the live music industry and how musicians are taking to social media, live streaming, and holding online music festivals to keep the beat going. The coronavirus is causing a devastating downbeat for the live music industry. See it go from like your computer screen and like reading about it and going, okay, that's happening over there. Houseki is a Sydney-based indie pop musician. Houseki remembers hearing about the coronavirus in November, but never imagined it would hit the shores of sunny Australia. And then seeing it like manifest in your reality, like outside, is super odd. News stories like that, like that doesn't happen ever. Like how often does like a news story that you're reading about appear on your doorstep? The I Lost My Gig Australia initiative estimates the music industry could lose $330 million in income because of cancelled events and venue shutdowns. Sydney singer-songwriter Annie Hamilton has been hit hard by the tour cancellations. When Annie isn't performing as a solo artist, she's touring with Jack River as the guitarist. Within the space of a week, I had basically my entire year's income whipped away. Playing live is such an important part of connecting with fans and finding new fans. Live gigs and festivals are the backbone of the music industry. Since streaming came into the picture, the main source of income for musicians is from touring and live shows. And while the shutdown of touring is affecting everyone, it's the smaller independent artists and bands who are the worst hit. Now that the smaller shows have dried up and gone completely, we obviously need to find other ways to support each other. When the lockdown started, Houseki just released his new single, Slow. With live gigs cancelled and a new single to promote, he didn't know what to do. His mate Allura, a vocalist and songwriter from the Central Coast, was in the same boat. We were both in like the midst of a cycle of promoting singles and it felt really weird to be promoting yourself in the midst of all this shit going on. Instead of plugging his own single during the crisis, Housky decided to record a cover of Allura's new track, Good Girl. He then posted it to Instagram. What I thought would be a one-off gesture of me covering Allura's new song, I didn't think it would go further than that. I thought she'd just say, oh, that's great, thanks so much, and it would kind of end there. She DM'd me and was like, we're chatting about continuing it on. And I was like, oh, what about you cover Shannon James? And then it just rolled from there. At the same time, Triple J's weekly live cover sessions, Like A Version, went on hiatus thanks to social distancing rules. Triple J saw Housekey's cover and reached out to him. Abby at Unearthed got in touch and said, I've just been thinking about ways we can support Unearthed artists, this looks like it's perfect. Are you happy if we start posting stuff on the Unearthed page and come up with a hashtag? With listeners searching for their cover fix and musos looking to support fellow artists, the Covered19 hashtag was made. 
Musicians all across Australia took to Instagram using the hashtag to share their covers. Yeah, it's been crazy to see everyone get involved and a whole bunch of awesome acts doing covers, supporting each other. It has to be over 500, 500 or more by now, I think. The hashtag has about 600 posts now. Housky says the COVID-19 trend is a tribute to the camaraderie of the Australian music community. If I can expose my audience to Allura's and Allura can expose her audience to Shannon's and Shannon can expose her audience to Raya Parks and Raya Park and, you know, and it keeps rolling from there. So I guess that was what it turned into, local artists finding other local artists and local fans finding other local artists as well. It's also shining a light on up-and-coming Aussie musicians. My favourite cover's probably been the Lime Cordial cover. What's your name and where you been? Where you come from? What's your scene? I remember it so clearly like... And it feels nice that when something like this happens, a lot of us turn our experiences from an I into a we, and it's no longer, oh, I can't have a gig anymore but it's like no one's having a gig anymore. So we all need to like band together and support each other. Live shows going kaput also means beloved music festivals like Blues Fest, Dark Mofo and Splendour are being cancelled. But just as solo artists are streaming their covers, others are working hard to bring the festival experience to you with virtual music festivals. M. Ullman is a musician and one of the brains behind ISOL Aid, a weekly two-day online music festival streamed on Instagram Live. M says it's a pretty big step up from solo live streams, as they have to balance absolutely stacked lineups. The sheer volume of acts is enormous. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I think a weekly event like this is, I've never had a child, but it's like a demanding something, a demanding beast that just needs to be tended to at all times. Isolade is bringing together a smorgasbord of sublime talent. Every weekend, artists play 20-minute sets live via their Instagram accounts. The lineup has included artists like Ben Lee, Missy Higgins, John Butler, Courtney Barnett and Hermitude. Festival punters are also encouraged to donate to Support Act, a charity supporting people in the music biz affected by the corona crisis. While Isolade has attracted some big names, M says including up-and-coming artists is just as important. There are no headliners. There's not like, you know, you're going to wait till the end of the night and there's going to be the big names that are performing last. Like the idea is that, you know, you'll see Courtney Barnett and then you'll see, you know, a brand new act playing right after her. And so the idea is really, or the message rather, is just that as a community, as a music community, we're all in the same boat. I must say, I was sceptical on the idea of a virtual music festival. So I dusted off my festival boots and hit Isolade from the comfort of my couch. Over the weekend, I tuned into dozens of performances by Australian and international artists. As expected, it felt a little strange. But what took me by surprise was how entertaining and heartening it was. It definitely wasn't the same as a real heaving, sweaty and energised live music experience. But given the current situation, it's the best we've got. 
While you may not get the same intimacy as when you're standing front row at a gig and the vocalist locks eyes with you, there's still something strangely intimate about watching an artist sing from their home. They're inviting you into their personal space. I love the moment where um, Freya Josephine Hollick was playing and as she's playing, you could see her child, her daughter, sneak behind her and it turns out she was taking the opportunity while her mum was occupied to go and steal the jelly beans from the kitchen. <laughs> so it's just like, you're just privy to these beautiful moments that if you were at a normal gig, you just would never see. Wanting to add some zing to their performances, artists have been getting creative with their spaces. I watched performances take place in bathrooms, on boats, on tractors, in front of pillow forts. And despite the limitations of isolation, Several acts managed to add unique twists to their performances. What we want to do is we want to eat uh, a Carolina Reaper chili. These are the hottest peppers known to man. Um, we've never eaten hot peppers purely by themselves before. And I'm terrified. I'm honestly horrified. I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Needless to say, the chili thing didn't go too well for them. There was a lot of swearing and a lot of milk consumed. And eventually, they couldn't keep playing. Singer-songwriter Annie Hamilton played a set for Isolate and says performing to your phone is actually really nerve-wracking. Like in a normal gig, if I'm playing to a crowded room, I'm not really scared. But then playing to a phone is totally different on another level because just playing to a tiny screen, there's so much when you're performing live in a crowded room that where you kind of feed off the energy of the crowd and you kind of can't do that at all with a live stream. So you have to make your own energy, which is like a good thing to learn how to do. You finish the song and there's no like clapping or yelling shit at you or making any noise. So then it's like this weird silence and then you're like, thanks. Some people have actually had like canned applause, which is so funny. They'll finish a song and then hit a button and they'll just be the cheering and clapping from like this canned audio from an audience. But most importantly, Annie says virtual music festivals are providing another platform for musicians to support each other. Isolate was really awesome for me because there were so many different bands playing and it was there was this amazing community spirit where everyone, once you played, it was like, great, the next person is here, go to their Instagram, this is their like Instagram handle. And so it was kind of like passing the viewers along to the next thing. Virtual music festivals are popping up all over the internet. Lady Gaga helped organise the concert series Together at Home bringing together names like the Rolling Stones and Taylor Swift to support the World Health Organization's fight against COVID-19. But these festivals are also happening on a smaller scale. Sydney-based music arts and culture media company Happy started their own online gig called Pajama Jam. Founder of Happy, Radi Safi, says the concert has been pulling bigger crowds than their usual events. I think we got almost 20,000 views on the first one. And if, if that was 20,000 people, then that's the biggest show we've ever put on. So it's really interesting in terms of numbers too, right? It's like, holy shit, is this bigger than one of our shows? And like M from Isolade, happy aren't in it for the money. This has zero revenue. <laughs> There's nothing in it for us whatsoever other than bringing our passion and energy into what we do. And maybe you could call it a case study for what might be coming in the future. 
Radhi hopes Pajama Jam will help to provide an income for performers, especially for local artists who often support their income through hospitality work. What's really sucky is that a lot of them had hospitality jobs. <laughs> so their backup plan has also been hit hard. Their revenue has been hit. It's really hard to see what the next six months is going to look like for them. I just want to pay the artists. Like right now, I'm not thinking about us. I'm thinking about ways that I could ask an artist to perform something and give them a couple hundred bucks. And how cool would that be? You know, if there was a way to monetize them elegantly, then that would be great. While virtual music festivals and gigs are providing support for the music industry, Sydney musician Annie Hamilton does have concerns about what live streaming means for the industry in the long run. Like at first it was like, oh, novelty, like, whoa, live stream. And now it's like, hey, if we're going to be doing this for the next six months, how is this sustainable? And should we be doing this for free? And is it devaluing the industry? And is it devaluing the product? And is it actually potentially damaging the industry long term? Sydney musician Halski shares the same view. I don't think so far any of those online shows are benefiting the artist other than exposing them to potentially a different audience. So I think if this was going to happen, if this was going to be the new norm, then we'd have to figure out a way for there to be some sort of a paywall, like in a positive sense, like, you know, artists need to eat and performing live is one of the ways they feed themselves. So if you want to see like a half an hour to an hour live show on maybe a platform that operates a little better than Instagram live, then that's like going to be 10 bucks or whatever. There is like a risk that people will start getting used to just getting gigs for free. And then when the music industry does start again, is it going to be hard to convince people to pay 20 or 30 bucks and get off their couch and go to a venue and see a show rather than if people are just used to being able to sit there and watch things on their phone. But Radhi from Happy says the groundswell of virtual music festivals is sending an important message to the bigwigs in the music industry. Pull your weight and support local artists, not just during the crisis, but once it's over. I would encourage, you know, the corporate sector, the businesses and the entities that are doing well to consider supporting the arts. You know, I don't have a loud enough voice to do that. I can't wave a flag and point a finger and say, hey, you should be doing this. But it's it's pretty obvious that that there are some sectors in, in the corporate community where an alignment with the arts makes sense and they could be doing more. But the conversations aren't there yet. I'm Amy Worth and thank you so much for listening. If you're a creative in isolation doing cool things to overcome your situation or know someone who is, we'd love to hear your story. Hit me up at Imi, that's I-M-Y, at jacknimble.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to Lock In wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a review. It really helps others find the show. Lock In was created by Jack Nimble, a team of short-form storytellers. The show is hosted by me, Imi Worth, and produced by Angus Mullane and Adam Wise. Our podcast editor is Jake Morecambe. Catch you next time.